welcome to episode 63 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by Emily McKenna. Emily is an entrepreneur and the product developer for Everfan, a superhero cape company that actually shares buildings with The Bookshelf. Today, we'll be chatting about entrepreneurship, making, our favorite books for creatives, and of course, what we're reading right now. Before we get started, this is your friendly weekly reminder to rate and review us on iTunes. If you are an avid listener of the podcast, we would love to know what you think. Um, And every rating or review that we get on iTunes helps us spread the word about the bookshelf and about From the Front Porch. So there's a link in the show notes that will take you to some directions, help you figure out how to rate and review us. It's a simple, easy process. It only takes a couple of seconds. And I do hope you will do that for us so that we can spread the word about what we're doing here in Thomasville. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Emily. Hello. Welcome to my home. It's awesome. It's really cute. Ah, thank you. Um, Okay, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because you're actually the first ever fan person to be on the podcast, which is weird because y'all are our neighbors. (laughs) Neighbors and former owners. Yeah, so so I probably should have Scott on at some point. Um, But I wanted to talk to you about Everfan, especially this week. Y'all had some pretty exciting news. MSNBC came to interview Scott and... Were you? Did you get to be interviewed? No, but everything I do was filmed, which was weird. Fun. It uh, is fun, but it's very awkward to not look at the camera that's in your face. Uh, right, to pretend it's not there. Yes. Um, so tell those listeners who may not know what Everfan is, because I always get the weirdest looks when I explain I know. what's upstairs. <laughs> it's either a weird look or a really excited look. Yes, exactly. Um, well, we specialize in costume accessories. Okay. Um, about six months ago, we would have said only capes okay. and um, cape accessories such as masks and power bands. Okay. But um, since I started working there in the last year, we've developed a princess or a royal line. Okay. And I'm working on a fairy line. Okay. And pirates and ninjas are coming. Oh, fun. So now you're kind of... You started as superheroes and now you've kind of expanded. Yes. Um, which is pretty fantastic. I think um, I think it's so interesting what you guys are doing. Um, and MSNBC, why did they come to Everfan? What was the... It's a show called Your Business and it's okay. about small business. Okay. And they just profiled um, Scott and the company. And I know in his interview they asked him what inspired it, what mm-hmm. struggles have, what obstacles have you met, mm-hmm. how'd you overcome them, what's changed since you had your original idea, which are all okay. good questions for Scott because yeah. it's changed tremendously. Yeah. Um, and then what's the future of Everfan? Fun. And when did you come on board Everfan? I started last May. Okay. Oh, almost a year. Yep. Um, Expect and- a party <laughs> because they missed my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, guys. Um, no pressure, Everfan. And you are their product developer, so you already mentioned you're kind of expanding. And you're quite the seamstress, right? I can yes. say that. Yes. Um, so tell us about your other business, which is Your Maker, yes. right? Tell us about that. Um, well... Your Maker started in October of 2014. Okay. Um, with my kids going to school full time, mm-hmm. or at least seeing that on the near future at that point, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to go back to work. Mm-hmm. But I was an analyst at a bank before that, and okay. I knew I needed to do something creative. Okay. I had denied my creative side for too long. Okay. So I started sewing, and I, was, I knew I didn't want to sell things. I tried it. I hated it. I don't... It's just the wrong kind of 
it's not fun. Uh-huh. And I want to have fun. And so I thought, what do I like to do? Well, I really like teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that I get out of creativity, it's not the money that's important to me. It's the self-confidence and the, I mean, pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's the stretching of my imagination. It's it's. There's a lot of power with making. And I want um, young girls and boys mm-hmm. to know that because... That's what got me through middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that gave me a lot of self confidence. So I didn't, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't, fe- I didn't react to peer pressure, and I think mm-hmm. that's a large part why. Yeah. I knew who I was, and because of that. Yeah. And um, so I started your maker to teach. I, I did start out mostly older mm-hmm. people. I offered for women, and it was kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And in the last five months, I've switched it to more kid-friendly projects, and mm-hmm. you don't need your own machine anymore. I have um, five of my own, and oh wow, it's been really fun. And you teach those classes upstairs in the Everfan yes, offices? Yes, Scott. Scott is, he loves what your maker stands for, and he's, yeah. we're trying to find ways to partner mm-hmm. and to do things. It's not um, the most natural combination because Everfan is not like a small, it's not a local business. Right. And your maker very much is. Right. But we found some small ways to get together. So, yeah. um, especially in this space, which is really nice space to use. Yeah. And we at the bookshelf have been able to partner with you a little bit too, to do some crafting, um, kind of sort of classes or projects uh, with our story time. Um, And that was really successful. We did some of those at the end of the year last year, and those were really fun. Um, But it's so fun on Saturday mornings to see. This past Saturday, we watched these little girls go upstairs, and then they came down like a few hours later with their beautiful American Girl doll dresses. (laughs) Um, And so the look on their faces, you're right, it's the confidence that creativity kind of brings people. And I certainly feel that way. I... Um, I would never describe myself, actually, prior to owning the bookshelf, I probably wouldn't have described myself as an artist, but creative, probably. Um, and the bookshelf really uses a lot of my creative energy, but almost so much that then when I come home, I don't want to create anything. Mm -hmm. And I found myself really being a consumer Mm -hmm. instead of a creator. And then I took a knitting class at the Fuzzy Goat, and I'm not a great knitter at all, but I told her I needed projects I could finish and something so I could feel accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so she taught me, you know, and so I've made lots of Christmas presents, and every time I just feel so good about myself, like, oh, look what I did. And, yeah. Um, and when you give that gift to someone, yeah. I mean, in my experience, that means more than going and buying something that maybe they'll like. Right. Maybe they'll use, but probably they won't. Yeah. And, I mean, my favorite Christmas present I got this year was from um, someone in my book club, and she made it for me. Mm-hmm. And of all like, all the things I got from my husband and my kids, yeah. that is on my my fireplace mantle, and I love looking at it because yeah. it feels so it was so personal. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, um, and we can talk about this a little in, more in detail, but I feel like Thomasville really offers those opportunities. Yeah. So I took um, a knitting class, and then I did one of those. Well, actually, you were there. I think I took um, a wet your palette mm-hmm. class. I love those. Um, and was able, and like I said, I would describe myself as creative, but I have difficulty describing myself as artistic Mm -hmm. um, because I can't draw and I really don't think I can paint and yet I sat there and painted a fox and it actually turned out really well it looks like a fox (laughs) yeah it looks like what it's supposed to look like and so there are all these different creative outlets and I was curious if you think that that really has to do with a small town or is that everywhere and you just have to search harder for it in a bigger city um how do you think Thomasville plays a role in in making creatives I guess well I think 
That's a good question. I, I, I really feel like Thomas Vole's an anomaly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just yeah. the, it's kind of the right combination of um, people who have the ability to teach and to do art and, and then they promote it in the right ways. They reach right. out and they know the community well enough to know how to reach out to people yeah. and what interests people. And, um, and then I think that, I think that everyone, if you could find something that they like to do creatively and mm-hmm. get them to go do it, mm-hmm. I think Thomasville successful because they offer so many different kinds yes and I think that if you did one of those I mean at wet your palate you can bring wine but it's not marketed as a oh drink and paint right it's it's you're making some really nice looking art yeah and I've never been interested in going to those paint and drink things because the art is always like Mm. It's um like Van Gogh's midnight painting and I've been to one I went to one in Tallahassee while I lived there and it was fun because it was a fun group activity to do. Yeah. But I never hung that painting up. Right. It matched nothing in my yeah. house. I went because, oh, this is something fun to do with a group of friends, aside from going to a movie. Right. So, like, it was fun, but this was the first time I had been to a class where I was like, I would actually, and I do, it's in my house, it's mm-hmm. in my kitchen. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like, rarely do you get to create something that you actually want to display. Yeah, I think that... the especially the Center for the Arts, they really know Thomasville. Yeah. And they know a pine cone's going to go up in someone's house yeah. or a whale. <laughs> or a fox. Or a fox. Yeah. Or feathers. Yes. And, right. you know, Van Gogh. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, I think you're. that's absolutely true. I think Thomasville knows itself for sure. Um, and one thing, um, so I finally figured out the, the word for people like me who were Thomasville transplants. So I'm a transplant. Yes. Um, and I, one thing that is so noticeable, I think even from outsiders when they come into Thomasville or tourists, when they're coming into the bookshelf, they immediately talk about the entrepreneurial spirit that exists mm-hmm. in Thomasville. Um, and you mentioned that you started your maker a couple of years ago, and I'm curious what role Thomasville played in inspiring you to start your own business or, you know, I know you said you went back to work after your kids kind of started school full time, but how did Thomasville play a role in you deciding to pursue creativity professionally? Yes. I think one of the biggest things was just experiencing downtown, Mm -hmm. seeing people not just own a store, but Mm -hmm. living their dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're passionate. And when you walk in a store, like the bookshelf or Firefly and you see, it's just so thoughtful everything Mm -hmm. is placed thoughtfully it's not just about spending money or getting money it's about an experience and a a feeling and then I mean I love the bookshelf and I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting here (laughs) you can read my blog I've put it out there um because it's just like a it's a little family you know and you go there and you feel a part of it and you go in firefly and you feel a part of it and you go in sweetgrass and you feel a part of it and yeah you know it's just um it's really personal. Yeah. I feel like. And I'm sure that's the case everywhere, but you definitely, I agree with you. Because, I mean, of course I feel that way about the bookshelf because it's partially mine. But mm-hmm. but I feel that way when I walk in other businesses or restaurants, like grassroots. It feels like I know the people who are here, they want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it was that, and it was just, that kind of stirred it, you mm-hmm. know, like seeing people that I could connect with, I felt part of, I came from Boston, Massachusetts, and Mm -hmm. it's just, I never felt at home there, and Mm -hmm. it's partially because I'm a Southerner going to Massachusetts, but also it's a big city, and and here it just felt like, I finally, I love going places and people know my name, Yeah, and um, 
so I kind of, I think that started. And then I just started, I, I decided, I don't know what I want to do creatively, but I'm going to learn the most. My dad always pounded into me that, um, luck is when creativity meets opportunity. I mean, preparation meets opportunity. So I was like, I'm just going to make, and I put myself out there. I posted on, you know, Instagram and stuff, what I was making just, and that kind of evolved, like people tried to get me to make things for them. And I was like, I'll do it, but it's not what I want. And then, you know, it kind of evolved to your maker. And I really, (laughs) I think God was like, that's it. And once I felt like that was it, I went for it. You know, I just, I think it was this, I don't, I wish I felt more a part of the small business part of Thomasville because yeah. I don't have a home per se. Right. I'm not paying rent somewhere. Right. That I'm just this like weird like spirit business <laughs> <laughs> that floats around for a while. I was floating around. Now I have a home at Everfan. But, yeah. um, so I would, I would love that one day. It's not in the near future, but, yeah. um, but I do love, I love the classes and, and I think that's so neat because I mean, I certainly think you're talented enough to create things and sell them, but I love how you talked about your passion really was teaching and kind of watching the look on people's faces when they finished making something. Um, and I, I do think Thomasville provides opportunities for that. And, um, I never thought owning a small business would be a thing that I did. It was like this dream I had in the back of my brain. And there is something kind of, I mean, I, it is luck and it, there's almost something magical about Thomasville in that Mm -hmm. if you, if you put it out there, um, I do think people pay attention and they kind of create space for you to, to do, to live your dream, like you were saying. Um, okay. So let's talk about your favorite books for creatives. So you mentioned you're in a book club, you love the bookshelf. Um, this podcast is all about books. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite books for creative people? Okay. I don't know that I have books for creative people. I know books that inspire my creativity, but okay. one book comes to mind for creative people that I read fairly recently, Imagine. Okay. Um, I think his last name is Lehrer. Okay. I forget his first name. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, when I went to buy it to send to my brother, because it's very inspiring, it talks about the science of creativity and imagination, mm-hmm. um, which I am, I love hearing what inspires things. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that it had been pulled from all <laughs> bookstores and <laughs> Amazon because he made up some Dylan quotes in there. Oh, gosh. And so they don't print it anymore. That's so disappointing. I know. I feel like I understand why they had to do that, but that wasn't the point majority of, of the book. Yeah. I definitely, he hooks people with that, I think, but... Yeah. um it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And so, but I am of the opinion that the more that you consume visually and um, mentally, you know, reading and and exposing yourself to different looks and I love architecture and mm-hmm. I just feel like those all go inside your brain. Yeah. And they and then they show up in the weirdest places. Yeah. So I'm I love looking at design books. I mm-hmm. love looking at architecture books. I love looking at um, things with pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love the young adult books because they ma- they make your mind go to places that aren't real. Mm-hmm. And they make your mind go to like heightened emotions. Yes. And I just feel like that kind of gets my blood pumping yeah. for um, thinking differently. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a helpful answer, but I really think the more you see and the more you do, the, more you, the bigger your arsenal for creating. Oh, I think that's so true. And I think... Um, I think you're right. All kinds of books. I mean, 
we say books for creatives, but really all kinds of books can ins- fiction can inspire um, you to create things. And um, one book, now this is a book, I guess it was marketed for creatives, um, but I really did enjoy Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Did you okay. read that yet? Mm-mm. It's really great. And I know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at her sometimes. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Okay. Um, which I actually enjoyed, and I will stand by that recommendation. But I understand why some people didn't love it. Um, but her new book, Big Magic, is all about creative living and kind of, and not just creative living, but kind of letting yourself um, be creative and seeing yourself as a creative person. Because I actually mm-hmm. think that's the first step. Just like yes. I hesitate oh, to describe yes. myself as someone who's artistic. Yes. And I remember as a kid, I couldn't draw for, to save my life. My I brother feel like could. you're about to tell my life story. Right <laughs> <here>. <laughs> well, so I couldn't draw and like I couldn't paint and my, like whenever I took art classes, I had fun, but the end result was terrible. Yes. Um, and my mom tells this story all the time, but I made these clay. It was, um, I went to a Christian school. I made a clay nativity set. Um, but I brought it home to my mom and I was so proud of it. And she thought it was a family of manatees. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was my favorite animal. And so my oh, mom was like, oh my... And my mom, got, I think you've probably seen her in the store she's sometimes. She's so nice. Yeah, she's so nice. And she was like, Annie Sue, like you made these beautiful manatees for me. And it was. she said, like, I looked at her. I was, I think, third grade. And I looked at her like, this is baby Jesus. Like, how dare you? And <laughs> now, but walk into my mom's home at Christmas. And there on the mantle, like with the other real nativity scene, <laughs> is my manatee nativity scene. Um, but my mom is actually very creative. But she, I remember, told me as a kid, Annie Sue, you might not feel like you're an artist, but you are creative and you are artistic. And I, I, I think a lot of people... Kids, but really especially grown-ups, need to be told that. Yeah. Um, which is why I think the mission of your maker is so cool. Because grown-ups forget that they're creative, too. Yeah. Because we're all sitting behind desks all day. Yes. or Teaching your children rules. Right. You know, for me, that's like, I have to remember, you know, I, I for a long time, it was so much work to let go. Right. And to just be okay with messing up and be okay with experimenting with whatever I was doing creatively. Because I've lived for the last six years in these like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. (laughs) And I'm finally starting to feel like relaxed. Like I can just like fluidly go to that place where I'm like, okay, it's okay to be creative and think outside the box. Yeah. And not be in the box. You know, and and it's funny because I wasn't sure when I took the job at Everfan, I didn't know how that was going to be. Right. If I was going to be able to go to this nine to five and be creative, Mm -hmm. but it has, it's been awesome. I've found the way to do it and... And I go home and I find that I can be more creative at home with my kids, which has been fun. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I follow you on Instagram and I always see you doing the coolest things with your kids. And I was curious how you're raising creative children. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I just, they see me doing and they know that my parents make a -hmm. lot of stuff. And, um... You know, Sean does in his own way, my husband, mm-hmm. he, he does woodwork and he's very handy. So he will. And he's a musician. He's a musician. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think it's part, it's how I was growing up just living in it. Mm-hmm. And so they, their mind kind of goes like, Hey, I'm bored. I want to draw or I'm bored. I want to make something. Right. And then, um, I, I try not to, whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. I try to let them know that 
it's good because they made it mm-hmm. and encourage them to keep going because my son is you know it's not perfect or it's not what I wanted and I'm right. like well you can turn it into something else or you know yeah. I just try to keep their minds open yeah and um you know honestly it's half the time it's I want to do a kid craft right so I have an excuse because I have two kids <laughs> <laughs> yes no that's absolutely true um but I think that's such a good point is Um, I gave a talk a couple weeks ago to a group of moms and it was about reading to your kids and the importance of that. But one, I wanted them to understand because I feel like a lot of people know, not everybody, but a lot of people know reading to your kids is important. But I think it's just as important that kids see you reading. Like seeing that you reach for a book instead of a remote control or instead of the phone. Like you are a reader. And so I think that's absolutely true that they're looking to you and seeing, oh, mom and dad create. Like Mm -hmm. in their spare time, Mm -hmm. mom makes things or dad makes things. um, And that in and of itself will probably make them realize that creating is normal. Yeah. Um, which I think is really important because a lot of us think it's um, kind of a special thing that only a special group of people can yeah. do. Yeah. When I was growing up, I was math inclined mm-hmm. and I had some weird idea planted too early in my head and inception happened. I don't know. And I grew up <laughs> even into like early adulthood thinking that I'm good at math. I can never make good art. Mm. I can do crafts. Right. No offense to craftsmen right. and women. But... I was like, I can do crafty things, but I'll never be an I'll never be an artist. Right. And um, you know, it's taken me a long time to realize I took discrete math in college, mm-hmm. and and that was my turning point. Where I was like, I'm succeeding in this class. Well, I love math, mm-hmm. but I'm succeeding in this class because I can think creatively, mm-hmm. and the people who can't struggle. Right. And then I realized a couple years later when I started sewing more. Um, so I took a break in college. Sewing more, I was like, I can't. So without math, this is stupid. You can be creative and mathematical. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. That's kind of a line we're fed as kids. Like, are we English inclined or yeah. math inclined? And you, they want to kind of separate mm-hmm. the two. And I even caught myself saying that I was bad at math, and I wasn't bad at math. I made fine grades in math, but my, my the story that we're kind of fed is you can be one or the other. Um, no, the reality is I didn't enjoy math. Right. Um, but that's different from being bad at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of like, well, I was good in English, so I couldn't be good at math. Right. Well, that's not true. And when I look back, like in high school, um, I stopped really enjoying science. But as a kid, I loved science. Yeah. But because I also like to read, it was kind of fed to you that you kind of have to pick one yeah. of these things. So I think that's interesting. Um, okay, now I'm going to end up with a few questions that I ask, I try to ask most of our guests. So okay. the first one is, what is a classic that you have never read but wish you had? I think A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. Mostly because it's been recommended to me recently with um, joining a book club mm-hmm. and people find out the kind of books you like. Yeah. And that, um and I've never read it. I had a weird reading list in high school. It's in the IB program. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't get to read, like, The Bell Jar. And, and right. there, I've been going back um, and reading some of those yeah. um, reading lists, school reading list books. Yeah. Because um, I feel like I missed out. Yeah, A Wrinkle in Time is excellent. Um, I frequently, and now I'm going to forget their name, oh, The Austin Family Chronicles. Madeline Lingle also wrote those. Those are fantastic. I almost like them better than A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> um, but I love A Wrinkle in Time. And Madeline Lingle actually wrote this wonderful nonfiction book called Walking on Water about creativity and faith. And it's oh. really fascinating. It's one of my favorite books. Um, so you might want to I have a too. feeling too that she went to my college oh my gosh if she did I'm so jealous <laughs> okay. while you ask me the next question I'm gonna look at yeah that. she's fantastic um if you haven't read um her some of her nonfiction, it's great too okay the best part about life in the south 
Uh, well, the easy answer is the weather coming from Boston. <laughs> um, but I think it's the pace of life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to now to know if Thomasville is, you, you know, the South everywhere. But right. It, the pace in Thomasville is just so comfortable and happy. And <laughs> Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. When I moved here, I thought... This is like a resort town without being near the water. Like, yeah, like, it, is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's my friend. This is really bad. She's typical northerner. I love her to death, but you know, very intellectual. And she came to visit. And I love you. I love you. If you ever listen to this, but she came down, and you could tell she had like a. This is South Georgia. Why are you here? Right. And when she left, she's like, "This is not as bad as I thought it was going to be," which was really her way of like, "This place is awesome." Right. But that, that was that's as close as it's it. gonna get. Yeah. She did go to Smith. Uh, it, the, that where you went to college? Yeah. Fun? Okay, well, now you have to read Madeline Lingle for I sure. I have to. Um, okay, and then the last question that I do ask everybody, what are you reading right now? Okay, I've been looking forward to this question. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like, four books with bookmarks in them right okay, now. Okay, so you read multiple books at a time. I do. I mean, I'll if there's a book I really like, it mm-hmm. consumes me. Yeah. But if it's a book that I'm kind of slowly getting into mm-hmm. and, and I have one for book club that mm-hmm. I started but I, fi- I started it right after um Lady Midnight which I have been looking forward to for a year like mm-hmm. counting down because I love Cassandra Clare's books mm-hmm. um so I just finished that and then I read Dumplin'. Oh did you like it? Loved it. I loved it. One of my favorite books. I just I want to carry like I want to hold it all the time. Like, don't you want to and don't you want to give it to people? Yes. Like I just want to stuff it in people's Except <laughs> I want my copy. Yeah. <laughs> no pre- that's what I yeah, agree. I'm sure I'm gonna reread it. Yeah. But um but then I went to this book club book which is Salt and Sea. Salt yes. and Sea. Which um Payne talked about and it was just such like a whiplash because it's like (laughs) Texas beauty pageants and then World War II and I was like I can't yeah I started that and it's good but I couldn't yeah so I think um and then I'm also reading a book about um the architect Gaudi okay and it's just a biography oh interesting um and then I have a couple of um this guy Chip Kid, I told yes. about him, and he's written a couple books, yeah. and so I've started one of his books. You said you mentioned his TED Talk, right? Yes, that, he's okay. a, a book. Co- what do you call him? A graphic design, a cover artist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a link to that TED Talk in the show notes because I think that'd be. I think um, you listeners might be interested in clicking over to that. Um, you told me about that a few days ago. Um, well, I am reading, what am I reading right now? I just finished, oh, I just finished this really fantastic book, um, that is coming out in June. So I always feel kind of bad. I know. (laughs) I always feel bad. Um, but it's called, This is Where You Belong. And the best way I know how to describe it is it's in the same tone, in the same vein of Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project, but it's all about being happy where you live. And it's all about finding your place in your community. And every year I pick a word of the year to like kind of guide my goals. And um, my word for this year was home um, because we have lived in Thomasville for two years and I'm ready for it to like be cemented in my brain as home. Yeah. And um, and the, there's just some things I think that kept me from thinking that or just, you know, growing pains of adjusting to a new city. And anyway, so this book just hit me at exactly the right time. And it's all about finding your place in community about it's about walking more and eating locally and um it's fantastic I really loved it it's for pre-sale on the website on the bookshelf website I'll put a link in the show notes um but I loved it I can't stop talking about it in fact I asked my publisher to send me more advanced reader copies so I can give them to community leaders because I think it's such an important book 
especially for a town like Thomasville, yeah. um, where we're getting a few more transplants here and there. Yeah. And then the people that are already in Thomasville love it so much. And so I think they would really enjoy this book about loving, loving where you live. So that's what I'm reading right now. I wish I do have a couple of books going at a time, but unless it's like a fiction and a nonfiction, I have a hard time reading multiple books at once. Um, but I'll sometimes do one fiction and one non. Yeah. It's, I'm not like, I don't have all three going, you know, it's just, I'll go back to, I mean, they're all going, but right. You'll finish one. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy, um, on there reads one book in the morning, a different book in the afternoon, a different book in the evening. And I was like, that's a great strategy, but I don't think I can do it. Like, (laughs) I don't think I can like, so he has, I guess, which I've heard this before because I wind up reading books at night before bed and if it's something really good I stick with it for like past my bedtime oh yeah um I have a dumpling that first night I read half of it I went I started it at bedtime and I finished half of it before I fell asleep (laughs) yeah so this was like saying in order to help book hangover maybe you should read your more exciting books in the afternoon but I can't do that you know what I think I think you just it's like with alcoholism you just get used to the hangover so I'd rather just I think that's how alcoholism I don't know but and I feel like I'd rather just keep indulging myself and get used to the pain yeah well because there's something so fun isn't there I think there's something so fun about like waking up yeah, hungover from a really good book. Yeah. I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Emily, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Um, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes. You can also find um, episodes and show notes on our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. As usual, we would love your feedback. So if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, that's at bookshelftville or on Facebook at bookshelfthomasville. Thanks so much and we'll see you next week.